There's another podcast you should be listening to, TED Health, a podcast from the TED Audio Collective. Join host Dr. Shoshana Ungerleiter as she introduces you to leading health experts and breaks down the health questions you didn't know you had. Learn more about the way your body works and the newest insights changing the medical world, like what a smart bra means for better heart health, three ways to prepare for the next pandemic, and how we can all live healthier lives. Find TED Health wherever you listen to podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. I'm Dr. Brian Goldman. Hello there. This is White Coat Blackheart. You're not allowed to go outside, are you? Hi. Hi. For the past 21 years, Marcy White has been fighting to keep her son, Jacob Trossman, alive. Felix, Davy Boy, and Piggy, hi. And that fight recently got a lot harder. Felix is, is or was Jacob's service dog. Marcy has quite the story to tell. Felix wants me to tell the story, wants to, tell, wants to talk as well, right? <laughs> My name is Marcy White, and I am Jacob Trossman's mother, and I've been his mother since he was born. <laughs> and I'm Andrew Trossman, Jacob's father. This is my first scheduled meeting with Marcy and Andrew at their home Marcy in north-central Toronto. But Marcy will tell you this is not the first time we bumped into one another. We were at Starbucks, and I don't, do you know Amy, the woman who works, one of the women who works there. So Amy has been telling me about you for oh, a couple of years anyways. And she's a big fan. And she's saying, you have to meet Dr. Goldman. And I was in Starbucks a few Sundays ago or Saturday. I don't remember one weekend with Jacob. And she pulls me over and she points, just that's Dr. Goldman, go over. <laughs> and I guess one of my ballsier moves, I went over to you and I introduced myself and asked if you had ever considered doing a story on aging out of um, kids aging out of pediatric health care. Um, and you said, why? Do you have a story? <laughs> I said, oh, I got a story for you. Meanwhile, Andrew was outside with their son, Jacob. Well, so I had no idea. I didn't know about this conversation with Amy. I didn't know who you were. And so when I walked up to Jacob, you had no idea who the heck I was. Uh, the first time, no. But then she took like um, a fraction of a second to say, that's Brian Goldman. Um, so that's when I figured it out. And you weren't embarrassed by it? No, not at all. I'm used to it. That conversation Marcy struck up with me at Starbucks is her ammo advocating for Jacob. You don't let people sit in their silos, do you? <laughs> I try not to. Let's start with Jacob. I want you to describe Jacob to a total stranger. Jacob is, he's a kid. He's a kid like most other kids. He likes being around uh, people his own age. He likes listening to discussions. Um, he loves a good joke. I think he, he is quite particular to slapstick humor. If somebody smashes into a wall and falls down, he finds that the most hysterical thing. Um, and he's a great secret keeper. People have been known to tell him all sorts of things. And he's just, you know, he's the type of person that when he's happy, people around him are happy. You wish the healthcare system would see, just first see Jacob as a person. Well, that's, that's one thing I've been... Um, fighting for all these years, you know, with respect to school, with respect to his healthcare, with respect to everything. Um, I want Jacob to be seen as a person first and not simply as a body in a wheelchair. 
You'll meet Jacob in a bit. But first, you need to know why, from the get-go, Marcy has had to fight so hard for him. As soon as Jacob was born, one late afternoon in May 2002, things got very complicated. Right from the beginning, he was a little bit blue in color, and we heard the resuscitation therapist get on his radio and say, I've never seen anything like this. And within seconds, probably, uh, they whisked him off to a, a resuscitation room. They intubated him. They basically just took over. And you're there, and you've just given birth. Um, what are you thinking as this is all going on? Well, it, I mean, it was, it was unbelievable because up until then, everything was textbook perfect. You know, I had a very, very easy pregnancy. I mean, this was in the days before SARS. So I was in the delivery room before, you know, anything, you know, big was happening. I mean, my, my grandmother was in the room. My parents were in the room. My in-laws, my brother, everybody was in the room. We were just all, you know, chatting and hanging out. It was like a, you know, almost like a party or waiting to have a party. Um, and then the second Jacob was born, everything changed. Shortly before his first birthday, Jacob Trossman was diagnosed with PMD, or Pelizaeus Merzbacher disease. It's a name even I find hard to pronounce. PMD is an ultra-rare degenerative disease attacking the central nervous system. It affects an estimated 1 in 200,000 to 1 in 500,000 kids, mostly boys. Jacob has never been able to walk or talk. There's no cure and no standard course of treatment. PMD attacks a slew of Jacob's brain and bodily functions and requires a retinue of specialists to manage a long list of symptoms. As the years have gone on, those symptoms have become increasingly life-threatening. So I know it's a genetic disease, and it affects um, the myelin, which is, covers all the nerves in his body. So because myelin is everywhere in your body and everywhere in his body, in Jacob's case, um, it doesn't work, um, and he is unable to do lots of things. For example, he can't swallow because his vocal cords are paralyzed, which was the very first symptom that they noticed. Um, he cannot eat because he can't swallow safely, so he has a feeding tube. He cannot speak. Um, he ha his vision isn't great. He has no independent movement, but he understands and communication has changed over the years. Um, right now, he can respond to questions when he feels like it with a blink of his eye. But in the past, when he was younger, um, he had a communication device that, that gave him the freedom and the ability to make choices, to request things, even to tell jokes. So we know that he has the ability to understand and to follow conversations and to comprehend. But it's, you know, one of those diseases almost where he's trapped because... He's locked inside. Yes. So tell me about all the stuff you've got in the room. Lots of pictures. <laughs> um, and in terms of equipment, so he's got his BiPAP, which he's wearing now, and next to the machine is the oxygen concentrator with the oxygen mask on top. His graduation cap, because he just graduated from high school and the sat monitor to keep track of all his numbers, the fridge for his medications, um, his wheelchair, and the IV pole. And on the IV pole is his feeding pump and his food. 
and lots of running medals because he's got a buddy who runs for him. And when she gets running medals from races, um, she sends them to him. And then all his medication are there and supplies. And those cupboards are filled with supplies as well. And you have, uh, you have a nurse constantly, 24-7? We have a nurse 24-7, yes. And a lot of the time we have a PSW as well to help with his care. Anna, you ready? Oh. Anna, this is Brian. Hi, Anna. Nice to meet you. Anna Tan, one of Jacob's nurses, is getting him ready for the day. And this is Jacob that you've met before? Yes. Jacob, I told you somebody's going to come over to find out about you and learn about you, all the amazing things that you've done. Do you, I don't know if you remember, but you met him a few weeks ago when we were out at Starbucks. Hey, Jacob, it's Brian here. I met you at Starbucks a few weeks ago. How do you communicate now when you want to? I talk to him, and if it's a yes and no question, and he's in the mood to answer me, he'll blink his eyes for yes. Okay. One blink for yes, or many blinks? Just one. Okay. Generally. Mm-hmm. Right, Jakey? Uh, there you go. Yep. Uh, uh, Jacob, is it okay me being here? Uh, yeah? Okay. Uh, Jakey, do you want him to leave? Uh, no? Okay. Uh. When Jacob was 12, he spent the better part of a year in hospital. It started with a respiratory infection, but his illness rapidly progressed. He actually had his bar mitzvah at Sick Kids, the first ever held there. Around the time Jacob was admitted, Sick Kids and other pediatric hospitals were rethinking how to care for kids with illnesses like PMD. The new approach was called complex care. Jacob was one of the first patients to be on the radar of the hospital's fledgling complex care program. For people who don't know what complex care, what a complex care clinic is like, tell me about about what it is, what it means to you. From a layman's point of view, I believe that, you know, it's something for kids who need extra care and extra attention and extra skills. So in Jacob's case, We have a nurse practitioner that we work closely with and a team of doctors, and they they specialize in people like Jacob. And when things come up, when we see a symptom that we don't know how to manage or if he's not feeling well or, or just anything, I would send an email or a text to the nurse practitioner and say, this is what we're seeing. And she would respond quite quickly, generally within an hour and almost any day of the week about what to do and how to handle it and, you know, what to be aware of. And we'd come up with a plan and she would check in periodically. How's it going? And I would provide updates and we would adjust our care accordingly. Jacob's complex care team is a kind of one-stop shop that streamlines appointments as well as communication between Marcy and Andrew and Jacob's long list of providers, including general medicine, neurology, respirology and long-term ventilation, developmental pediatrics, interventional radiology to take care of his feeding tube, dietitians, orthopedics, as well as consults with endocrinology and palliative care. Through the complex care program, they all function together as Jacob's team. We tend to use an emergency room as a very last resort. So they help us manage his care at home. Jacob has conatal PMD, which is the most severe form of the disease. With good care, some patients can survive into their 20s. 
And the fact is, we understand the disease, we understand the progression, we understand the outcome. That this is a life-limiting disease. Correct, correct. And the amount of times they've kind of, in our whole you know, struggle recently, made us kind of go back to, we know he is not going to live that long. We know his life is short. And among all this stuff, they're still making us fight for care. We explained all of that so you understand why Marcy and Andrew are fighting now. Jacob is 21 years old. As such, he has aged out of pediatric care. 18 is the usual age cutoff for pediatric hospitals like SickKids. But due to COVID and a few other factors, Jacob's transition out of complex care was delayed. As of September 11th, SickKids stopped caring for him. They were telling, the way they brought it up is that when Jacob turns 18, he is going to age out and have to leave sick kids and get a whole new medical team. And they said, people have been describing it as, it's like falling off a cliff. It's not going to be the same care. It's not going to be um, as focused. You're going to feel much more alone. It's not going to be as supportive. So, you know, in my mind, it's like, okay, let's, let's table that for a while because it's not, you know, something we're going to be lucky enough to have to face um, and kind of carry on. And then as, you know, time started moving on and it became more and more evident that Jacob might indeed survive to 18, I started looking around and asking around and talking to people about what is, what is it like out there for somebody like Jacob. And what did you find when you looked? Nothing. <laughs> Whole lot of nothing. I have not spoken to a single person in all these years to say, I have a great medical team in place for my complex needs child. Not a single person has said that. The adult medical system does not have the providers to care for kids like Jacob. For adults like Jacob. For, for adults like Jacob, because they've never had to, because kids are living longer. Somebody like Jacob wouldn't be, 10 years ago, wouldn't be living um, today. We'll be right back. Okay, don't skip ahead. I'm going to talk to you about climate change. And I know it can get depressing or infuriating, but our show takes a different approach. It's Laura Lynch, and I'm the host of What on Earth, and we're all about solutions and hope. And I promise, no matter how overwhelming climate change might feel, we're with you on the journey to fix this mess. So listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to White Coat Blackheart. This week, the story of Jacob Trossman a 21-year-old with a rare and complex disease who is no longer eligible to receive pediatric care because he's considered an adult. Nurse Anna is suctioning Jacob's airways, something she does for hours every day. His vocal cords are paralyzed. A couple of teaspoons of liquid can cause Jacob to choke. I can feel it. I can also hear it. This is why Jacob needs eyes on him at all times, in case he stops breathing. Anna and Jacob's other nurses are paid for by the province, separate from the complex care team. Anna's been caring for Jacob for nine years. 
I saw you provide exquisite care. What are the things that you need to be the most vigilant about? Definitely his airway. Uh, sometimes his heart rate is through the roof for no reason that we can figure out. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, he was having some episodes of what looked like seizures that were new to me, because in my nine years, I didn't really see him have those. And then the other thing I'm most concerned about is his just his quality of life. So I want to see him happy. I want to see him enjoying what he's doing for the day. I try to take him out and do something fun. I talk to him. Um, I point out things if we're outside. I point out things that are interesting that I see that he might not notice right off the bat. Then I also look for his smiles, um, whether or his frowns or even crying sometimes. Um, those are usually his cues for me. Okay, let me know when you're ready. ready. Actually, can you turn him towards me a little bit? Thank you. <laughs> Let me know when you're ready. I'm ready. One, two, three. Anna and Marcy get Jacob into his wheelchair, so hopefully Anna can get started on his fun things for the day. As Jacob defied the odds and moved through his teens, SickKids talked to Marcy and Andrew about his transition out of complex care at SickKids. SickKids offered up several proposals for Jacob's care as he transitioned out. Marcy says the first included a referral to a family doctor who had no experience with any of Jacob's specific medical needs. And so she acknowledged that she doesn't have the experience, but she said she'd be willing to learn if I would teach her. What did you think about that? I thought she was trying her best, but that certainly would not be the best thing for Jacob. Marcy says that SickKids' final transition proposal consisted of six physicians, including various specialists, at five different hospitals in the greater Toronto area. A very different setup than one integrated complex care team. And Marcy says the adult respirologist who was part of the proposal was particularly blunt. During our um, Zoom meeting with him, and the nurse practitioner from SickKids, who was on the call, he said, I don't have the time or resources to provide the same level of care that you're used to. And that is, according to SickKids complex care team, a very safe transition plan for Jacob that will mirror the current type of care that he currently has. This is what they say. And what do you say? I say, that's a load of crap. I said, none of what they put together is in the best medical interest of Jacob. Marcy and Andrew have taken their fight for Jacob in a new direction. On September 9th, two days before Jacob was aged out, they filed a complaint against sick kids with the Human Rights Tribunal of Ontario, arguing that sick kids was arbitrarily denying Jacob proper care because of his age. The family pleaded that Jacob should continue receiving care at sick kids. In response, SickKids has denied that the decision was arbitrary. It says policy dictated by the Ministry of Health does not typically allow SickKids to treat patients over 18 years of age. It also says pediatricians at SickKids are not eligible for malpractice protection while providing care for patients older than 18. SickKids states that it was working on a plan to transition Jacob into adult care since 2017 but the family refused to consent to the sharing of Jacob's personal health information with other practitioners outside of SickKids. Marcy confirms she and Andrew refused to share Jacob's personal information. 
She says it's because she didn't want to be left out of decisions about Jacob's care and because she feared that by agreeing to share his personal information, she would also be agreeing to the transition plan sight unseen. SickKid states that the parents' refusal to share Jacob's info made it extremely challenging to implement the plan for the transition of care. You're biting. Sickle, is that you telling me you're over it? That's good, because I kind of am. Nurse Anna is less concerned about the details and more concerned about what it all means for Jacob. Goodness, that's loud. (laughs) I worry about the consistency of his care and whether he's going to get the same amount of attention that he gets from complex care at sick kids in an adult setting. And, you know, so far that's not going so great. It's scary to now not know who I can ask for advice if something new happens to him. It's hard to stay neutral about this because Jacob, Jacob to me is not, he's not just my patient anymore. Like he's almost like my little brother and I care for him in that I want to see him get the care that he deserves. And that is why, you know, I approached you that day. Um, I didn't want to have to tell everybody what we're doing and what we're going through and what we're struggling through. But I also didn't want to give the hospital more power to do this to more families. Because at the present time, the adult system is not prepared to take care of kids like Jacob because they've never had to before. Kids like Jacob did not live long enough to age out of the system. So while we wait for the adult system to catch up, why is it okay to just toss them away like garbage? Why should he be forced into nothingness at this stage in his life? As Marcy White sees it, more and more kids are aging out of the complex care programs offered by pediatric hospitals. Some adult hospitals do have complex care programs for patients with diseases like ALS, MS, and dementia. Few, if any, would have the resources to meet the more complex needs of young adults like Jacob. In 2022, the Canadian Pediatric Society published a call to action on transitioning out of complex care. Co-author Dr. Alain Toulani stated, We need to think outside the box and advocate for more flexible age cutoffs for transfer to adult care. Dr. Tulani is an adolescent medicine specialist at SickKids. SickKids told us that they are working to develop better transition models with groups like Children's Healthcare Canada, Health Quality Ontario, and Complex Care Kids Ontario. But what about Jacob? Is long-term care an option? No. It's not. Um, Because his needs are so involved, it's so hard to find, you know, nurses who have the skills to care for him. I can't imagine what it would be like to turn his care over to somebody without me being there, without me seeing his care. You don't think he'd last a week in long-term care? I don't think so. I mean, you've got to watch him too carefully. And who, you know, what kind of long-term care unless it looks like an ICU, would that be? You know, we've got to balance Jacob's 
you know, got to balance Jacob's medical needs with his right to have a life. So he is part of a family. He, you know, goes out in the neighborhood. He hangs out at Starbucks. He goes to the zoo. You know, he does all those kind of things. But yet, you know, we care for him the best we can and, you know, ensure that he's as healthy as he can be until he's not. Jacob's music therapist is here. She comes three times a week, and today, Jacob's younger sister, Sierra, is joining in. Jacob, we have presents for you. Aww. <laughs> this is the shirt. Do you like it? Oh, oh yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> All right, Jake, so we're going to do some music as we do. Jake likes to tell us who to sing to first. Okay. All right, we're going to sing a hello. What is your worst fear right now? He gets sick and we have nobody to help us. It's quite a burden to have. It strikes me that we're talking about Jacob. Have you, have you had discussions with Jacob about what's happening? Does he know what's happening? No, I haven't told him. How can I tell him doctors don't want to treat you? The people that have known you for, the la- you know, for most of your life don't want to have anything to do with you. I can't tell him that. But he must know on some level. Maybe, but I want to hope he doesn't. And in the meantime, it's status quo for Jacob. There hasn't been a medical crisis since he's aged out of care yet. If Jacob could speak for himself about transition, about the care that he needs, what, would, what do you think he'd say? I think he would say... You guys have no idea what you're talking about. I think if you can live for two hours in my body, you would have a very different view of the world in general. Bottom line, I think he goes through so much in a day that nobody could comprehend. And I mean, you can see it, but you can't understand what it would really be like to be him. Thank you so much for speaking with me. Thank you so much for talking to me when I approached you in the line at Starbucks. (laughs) Jacob continues to receive 24-7 nursing care at home that is paid by the province. Marcy says that she's been told that Jacob aging out of sick kids will not affect that. An adult palliative care doctor and Marcy's own family physician have stepped up to provide prescription renewals. That's our show this week. Our email address is whitecoat at cbc.ca. If you like this episode, please give us a rating and review wherever you listen. This episode was produced by Jennifer Warren. Our digital producer is Ruby Buiza, and our digital writer is Jonathan Orr. Our senior producer is Colleen Ross. That's medicine from my side of the gurney. I'm Brian Goldman. See you next week.
For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.